Ladies and gentlemen, hello, boys and girls of all ages. How are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live. This is episode number 29. Oh my goodness, we are almost into the dirty 30. Can you guys believe it? We are so close. It has been, what a great ride. What a great journey. Uh, and what a great evolution the show has has gone through. It's been really fun to sit here and hang with you every week. And again, I appreciate you all for being here. Thank you for your time. This is a podcast where I talk about gaming, highs and lows of this week in gaming, um, retro and modern gaming. We talk about technology. We talk about music. We talk about life. We talk about just whatever comes, whatever happens, happens. And we just go with it. That's the fun thing. It's a casual conversation you'd have with one of your friends, hopefully a best friend, if I'm in that category. I was laughing my ass off because I was playing around with, uh, <laughs> I was getting my soundboard up and working. And I was laughing because I was playing my theme song. And it also, you know, like I usually do, I do the intro, but I, I was creating a remix and I'm going to do it right here live on the, on the fly here. This is now just remember, this isn't on the sampler. This is on a soundboard and I'm doing this right here. Uh, this is the, the, the remix I call you've got mail. Here we go. sell it as a single huh round of applause right <laughs> i was laughing my ass off like i was just testing you know because when i do this show before i hit record i test everything and i was just dying oh my god so funny you've got mail you've got air uh again so thanks for being here folks hope you've had a fantastic week and i hope your next week is also equally as amazing if not better uh gonna give a shout out to all of the amazing patrons you see right here on your screen patreon.com slash jason heine that is where you um, support uh, the show. It's 100% supported and funded by all these amazing people you see on your screen. Thank you all so much. Um, Andrew also got you back onto that main floor. I, uh, uh, You upped your pledge, and so I made sure to get you on there. So there you are, sir, on the main floor. Thank you. Round of applause again for everyone here. Y'all are amazing. And, and to be honest, the reason why the show is even here. So if you enjoy the show at all, if you get, if you have a little chuckle, you have some giggles, you have some laughs, bowl full of jelly. If your your belly shakes like mine when I laugh, maybe consider checking out the tears. I just redid them all too. So give it a, give it a look. Uh, we're gonna talk about some gaming. We're gonna talk about some tech. We have some stuff that's been happening, and then also we're gonna take a couple of uh, voicemails. We got some phone calls that came through, so we'll be doing that. This Week in Gaming History is coming up and a whole bunch of other great, great stuff. So again, thank you so much. Heinehouse.com is the website. And if you want to follow me on social media, it is at Heine House. Let's jump right into the show. We got some random news, of course. We start off. I even tried. I even tried this episode to try to not. Bless you, my dear. I even tried to have it not be about food. Come on, folks. 
You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. You know how it is. Sometimes it just comes back to food. Del Taco, the California chain Del Taco, introduces essential oils to fill your life with the smells of churros. Why has this never been a thing before? This is perfect. 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 Um, yeah. Hello. Who doesn't want their house to smell like cinnamon churros? Nobody that I know. Uh, alongside some new items that they've introduced, a new mini churro dipper shake, which we did try last night. Yeah, I tried it, you know, so I could talk about it on the podcast. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> so we could talk about it on the podcast, but we did try it last night and it's actually pretty good. The aromatherapy kit is what Del Taco is calling it will be available uh, on Tuesday, which is already happening. That's October 1st. This was last week. And um, it is time now to bask in the amazing aromas of either chocolate, churro, or vanilla. Scented oils. Yes. And I I do follow them on um, social media because I'm a fat ass. And I was looking at their post, and they posted this. And I was there October 1st. I saw it. And I went to their website when they said that they're available. And I was noticing that they're sold out. So then I went back to their social media on Facebook and people in the comment section were like, it's sold out, sold out. They had posted it only 20 minutes prior. So between the moment they posted it and the when I saw it was like 23 minutes. So it had sold out in 20 minutes or sooner. Insane stuff right there. Um, but yeah, I think this would actually be really cool to have some essential oils. I actually have some pictures. Boom. Oh, shit. Where is it? Hold on. Hold on. Where is it? I got to pull it up here. You have to see it. I pull up my little software here. Forgot to do that. I forgot to do that. Come on, iPad. Look for it. Look for it, iPad. Where are you, iPad? Okay, well, I see that. Damn it. What's going to happen right now when I'm in the middle of recording? Why has this got to happen? What happened? Don't worry, because I need this anyway for later on, because we have a whole bunch of other good stuff that's going to be happening. Yeah, Wi-Fi connection. Okay, let's try this again. Hold on, let me just pause this. I can pause this now. Hey, new OBS feature. I can pause this and come back. Hold on. Okay, so what... Uh, let's see. Let me, make, let me just make sure this is recording. Pause. Okay, great. Uh, that's a new feature in OBS. You can pause recordings now, and it's so helpful. I just used it for the first time right there because my iPad was connected to a different Wi-Fi network than my computer, and it wasn't mirroring. Anyway, here we are. Check it out. Chocolate, churro, and vanilla. Look at all those. Don't those look um, amazing? Like, have some nice scents, but also I would probably have a little taste, a little, <laughs> little something, something. Mm, I'm just salivating at the mouth just thinking about it. Got my coffee here. I'm ready to go. Mm. So ready to go. So anyway, Del Taco, you're you're up on it. You're up on it. And so we went last night. We had we had a little some teaser tacos and we tried the mini churro shake. And basically what it is, it's a small vanilla ice cream milkshake with chocolate syrup put in there and then a half of a mini churro put in the top and then they take a straw, they cut it in half and then put the little straw in. That's all it is. And basically, I mean, we liked it, but it was, it's basically just a vanilla shake with chocolate syrup that, that we've all had from the beginning of time. I feel like 
it needs some more like cinnamon or something in it. And the churro was really good. And that churro uh, cinnamon fell off of it into the shake, which added really nice flavor. But I feel like it needs a little more cinnamon. So, you know, overall, it was only a dollar. That's pretty good. A dollar for a shake. You can't really beat that. Let me start my timer again. There we go. Okay. Um, speaking of food, Wendy's is on the board. Yes, Wendy's presents Feasts of Legends Rise from the Deep Freeze. What? What is this? On Thursday, the fast food restaurant chain, Dave Thomas himself, Wendy's released Feast of Legends Rise from the Deep Freeze, a free 97-page PDF with cheeseburgers, fried chicken, frosty desserts, and french fries onto a Dungeons & Dragons-style adventure that revolves around the year-old Wendy's slogan, Fresh, Never Frozen. Yep, a phrase that's literally chanted by the townspeople in the village in this game. Yes, you can get it at feastoflegends.com. I have a picture of the book. It's a real thing. Boom. Look at that. You should check it out. The people, you know, the employees at Wendy's, the staffers are really having a good time over there. And I got to I got to admit, I mean, their social media is on point. They be talking shit. They've been calling people out and, uh, you know, they're they're on it. They're on it. So very, very good. But this is a real thing. It's a 97 page PDF. Go check it out. They have pictures of all of the uh, the characters and all just honestly, it's just it's a massive book. So go and check that out. Wendy's y'all y'all out of control. Y'all are crazy, but I'm all right with that. All right with that indeed. Hey, uh, how about that? That was a quick and short little random intro. How about some of this week in gaming history? And the crowd goes wild. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, this is the segment of the show where we talk about games that were released in the past uh, during the week that this podcast is out, which is really fun, really exciting. It's a great way for us to look back at our release radar. It's a great way to look back at our gaming past and see the awesome games that came out uh, back then. It was really, really cool. Some very busy days, some like October 6th that we're going to start out with, not very busy at all. We're going to be talking about the week of October 6th through October 12th. The week this podcast is released. Here we go, October 6th. In 2015, Rock Band 4 on PS4 and Xbox One was released. Um, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions on 3DS was released uh, 2017. Uh, yeah, that's it for that day. How about a slow-ass day, wouldn't you say? One day, wouldn't you say? Frost day. French fry for me, huh? Yeah, okay. Move on to the next day, October 7th. And then here's a massive day, probably the largest day that we have on the, uh, the week here. 1995, Mortal Kombat 3 on PS1. I have that in a long box. I should have brought that out uh, to show everyone. It's beautiful, beautiful uh, artwork on that one. MK3, PS1. Tw uh, 2004, Counter-Strike Source on PC was released. That was a big day. Counter-Strike, I was there when it was uh, 1.6, and then it moved out of there, and I remember playing that. We played CS quite a bit, and man, when it when it went into the Source engine, when they remade it in the Source engine, that changed everything. 
people were super, super excited. And that pretty much took, uh, took the lead on the, uh, the Counter-Strike front. Uh, 2010, Kingdom Hearts Recoded for the DS in Japan was released. In 2011, Just Dance, 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 Dance 3. Just Dance 3 on Wii. Just Dance 3 on Wii. How about a little remix? You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. I think I need to name the episode You've Got Mail. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the episode, but maybe I'll just name it that. (laughs) The You've Got Mail remix. Uh, Where are we at here? Uh, 2012, big day for Pokemon fans. Pokemon Black version 2, Dream Radar, and White version 2 were all released on DS. Oh, the Black and White version 2 were on DS, and Dream Radar was released on 3DS. Same year, same day. It's the Pokemon Day. Is that a uh, Pokemon in your pocket, or are you just trying to Pikachu? Wait, no, what is it? What is that pickup line? Is that a... I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm a squirtle. What, what is the, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what the pickup line is. Something about a, 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 oh, what is it? Oh, I just want to peek. I know it's Pikachu. Something is like, uh, are you, are, oh, that's what, yeah. Thank you, Steph. Are you a Pokemon? Cause I just want to peek at you. I thought of something a little more sinister. Like, is that you outside my window? Cause I just want to peek at you. No, it doesn't work. Never mind. Never mind. We'll stop. We'll stop while I'm not ahead. Redonkulous. Okay, 2014 Alien Isolation on PS3, PS4, and 360 was released. Oh, and then the amazing 2014 Drive Club on PS4 was released on October 7th. Just dance. (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, 2016 Mafia 3 on PS4 and Xbox One was released. And then a huge day, 2016 Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U was released. Big day, October 7th. How about that? Let's move right along to the next day. October 8th, 1992, Mortal Kombat Arcade. Is this not a Mortal Kombat one or what? Where's my applause? There it is. MK. Yes. How about 2001? Castlevania Chronicles on PS1 was released. 2002, Time Splitters 2, the amazing shooter produced by ex-Rare employees. Time Splitters 2 on PS2. 2012, Dishonored on PC. I remember I remember when this came out, and I remember we were talking about it quite a bit on uh, All Gen Gamers. People were loving it. It's a great game. Super awesome. I remember I remember this day specifically. It's crazy. It's crazy when I, I, I read these days when these games came out, and I can think back into that exact moment and remember. It's so weird. It's really cool, actually. Uh, 2013, Beyond Two Souls on PS3 was released. 2013, Borderlands 2, Game of the Year edition on PS3. A lot of Borderlands going on right now. People are really loving uh, Borderlands 3. It's good to hear. The homie Justin, he's been playing it. He's been loving it. Although he's been getting stood up by his friend. Every time I talk to him, he's like, my homie's going to hop on. And he's like, oh, he didn't show up. Bruh. You've got mail. You've got mail. You, 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 you've got bruh, mail. Bruh. That's bullshit. Sorry, man. You know, I'll have to just pick up the game and play with you. I don't know what to tell you. Steph loves Borderlands. Maybe we all jump in there with you. Um, 2013 Capcom Essentials on PS3. What is this? What is Capcom Essentials? 
Do you remember this game? I don't even remember Capcom Essentials. I know there's been like a lot of like Capcom games released, you know, like like bundles or like compilations, but I remember the Sega one and then the Sega Ages and then there's, you know, classics collections and I don't know. What is Capcom Essentials? Is it just basically like 15 Street Fighter games? Like, let me know. I'm curious. Hop into Discord. Let me know. And 2015 3D Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on 3DS was released. Big day, October 8th. October 9th, only two games on this day. Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of the Lions on PSP was released. And in 2012, The Walking Dead Episode 4, Around Every Corner on PS3. Another Walking Dead game. 2012, big year. It was a big year for gaming. What an amazing game that is, too. That's it for October 9th. Moving on to October 10th, 2001. Command and Conquer Red Alert 2, Yuri's Revenge on PC. Oh, boy. Here we go. 2007. Here we go, folks. We are renaming October 10th Valve Day, basically, because 2007 Half-Life 2, Episode 2, Portal, Team Fortress 2, and the Orange Box was all released on this day, October 10th, 2007. All those games, of course, bundled in the orange box. The box itself is um, orange. Next day, October 11th, 1996. Holy shit, are we doing this again? Mortal Kombat Trilogy? PS1? Yes, give it to him. Mortal Kombat Trilogy. What a great game. Uh, what, what, can I do another Mortal Kombat game? What, in 96, same year, same day, Ultimate Mortal Kombat on Genesis and Super Nintendo was released. Big day. 2004, holy shit, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door on GameCube was released. This is probably, honestly, this is like cult classic status. And I think when, when people talk about Mario games, and when you talk about Paper Mario in general, this game comes up pretty much universal across the board as everyone's favorite. I think it's great. What a great game it is. Love it. Love the art style. Love everything about it. And it's just so wonderful on GameCube. We love the GameCube. Uh, 2016, Duke 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour on PS4. Shake it, baby. Shake it, baby. Uh, 2016, Gears 4 on PC. And Xbox One. You want to dance? You want to dance? Shake it, baby. You want to dance? Uh, 2016, again, same year, Rise of the Tomb Raider on PS4 was released. That's October 11th. What a good day that was as well. And moving on to the very last day, October 12th. We got a couple of uh, motorcycle racing games for you fans out there. In 2000, MotoGP. On PS2 in Japan was released. In 2005, Devil Kings on PS2 was released. I have this on GameCube, actually. This came out, obviously, 2005, way down the road. But it was kind of a, a wannabe, like, Road Rash. Kind of trying to capitalize and market to the Road Rash fans. And although not like Road Rash, it's a very good game. Solid game. And it's a lot of fun. You slide under, like, trucks and semi-trucks. You can, put, you can, like, pitch the bike down and slide and... It's really fast, too. You guys, if you get a chance, no, I don't think anyone even knows about this game, but uh, check it out. I think Acclaim 
I think, wait, did Acclaim publish it? I don't think they developed it. I think they published it. But uh, go check it out. Speed Kings. It's a motorcycle uh, racing game. Um, or Devil Kings. I'm sorry. Devil Kings. Uh, oh, shit. Am I thinking Speed Kings? Oh, now I got the names messed up. I'm fired. Holy shit. Holy I'm shit. fired. Just go look up Acclaim Motorcycle Racing. I think it's I think it's Speed Kings or Devil Kings. One of the two. Um, 2005. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Going to get Steph triggered on that one. She loves Phoenix. I heard her in there. She she moaned or did something. Um, 2010, the Medal of Honor. This was the 2010 Medal of Honor reboot that was done in the Frostbite engine, the same one that was done in Battlefield 3. This was a really exciting moment. I thought, I honestly thought this game was really good. I enjoyed it. I played the alpha. I played the beta and I bought it when it came out. And it just died, instantly died. And in fact, that was the last straw for the Medal of Honor series until we're starting to hear rumblings of maybe a, a VR Medal of Honor game coming out in the future. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, when that game died, yeah, a little bit of me died as well. So um, yeah, that was the 2010 reboot. Still a fun game. Uh, a couple more here. 2013 Pokemon X and Y on 3DS. A lot of Pokemon this week, huh? Must be Poke Week. Pokey Weeky. Uh, 2018 Blops 4 Blops <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops 4 on PS4 and Xbox One was released and finally in 2018 October 12th Luigi's Mansion on 3DS was released ladies and gentlemen that was this, this week, week in gaming history yeah 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about some gaming news? Let's talk about some gaming stuff that's been going on. Uh, alert. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Alert. Whoop, whoop. I pre-ordered a game. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Alert. Whoop. <laughs> I pre-ordered a game, folks. Please keep the hate mail to a minimum. As you all know, and I think all of us kind of share a very similar uh, thought on this, is that pre-ordering games are a lot different today than they were years ago. And um, we we know this thanks to our good friends at GameStop for always fucking us over. But when you pre-order something, it doesn't always guarantee anything other than the fact that you are going to play the game at some point. It doesn't even mean that you're going to play that release date anymore because... We've pre-ordered games that didn't even come out or, or the release date got pushed. We all know this. So it's very, very tricky and iffy. And you probably should use caution when looking at if you're going to pre-order a game or not. If you really want to support the developer, if you want, believe in the developer, trust the developer, see footage, know the game's coming out, check YouTube, see if other people have played it, if they've gotten early release, if people have like alphas or betas, if they invite people to community events, those are all things that you're going to want to look at before making a, a pre-order purchase decision. All right. So I don't really pre-order games. If I do pre-order, it's going to be like the day before, which I don't think really counts because it's like, okay, it's coming out tomorrow. Uh, the people who pre-ordered it are already playing it three days, early access bullshit. I know it's out. Let's do it. Um, so it doesn't really count as a pre-order, but I, I make an exception when it comes to a few developers, um, Techland being one developer, I will always go in and pre-order. I trust them. 
Uh, and Codemasters is another one. Codemasters, 100%. I will always back and support whatever uh, products they put out because I love Codemasters. They're some of the be- they are the best in the business when it comes to racing. Um, and they just, they, I wouldn't say they always do it right, but for the majority of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, they do it right. Well, they're releasing Grid. It's just simply called Grid uh, 2019, and it's coming out on October 10th. I'm very, very hyped about it. In fact, I haven't been this hyped for a racing game since Horizon 4, and that was last year, uh, around July. We just talked about this on Gaming History. I think it was July or June, sometime in there. So, yeah, but I'm super hyped for it. Pre-ordered it yesterday. Big shout out to my friend Bido. Um, uh, he gave me a 10% off coupon through Humble, which is cool. So pre-ordered it there. And uh, we're going to be uh, getting down on the 10th. So uh, plug my Twitch. Check out my Twitch. Stay tuned because I will be streaming it on my Twitch page. Twitch.tv slash The Heine House. You will be able to watch some stuff there. So very excited for that. I pre-ordered a game. Whoop, whoop. Alert, alert. It'll be good. Um, I've, I, don't, I honestly, I don't feel like I need to continue to, to like, to beat down the Joy-Con, uh, demise, but things keep evolving in the Nintendo class action lawsuit department, Joy-Con drift department. This new article that just was recently released by Engadget, they talked about it. Um, there's already a class action lawsuit filed for Joy-Cons. And they just upped it and added in the Switch Lite to that lawsuit. So basically, once they released the Switch Lite, they realized the drift is still happening. It's still, they still have the same defective parts or whatnot. And they decided to include the Switch Lite in this lawsuit as well. Uh, the lawsuit accused... Now, this, this is an interesting timeline here. So the lawsuit accused Nintendo of fraud and warranty law violations, misrepresentation, breaching implied warranties, and unjust enrichment is what the uh, the lawsuit states. Now, um, the lawsuit is pushing for both financial penalties to Nintendo as well as further relief for customers. Although, remember, once this lawsuit was filed, Nintendo, now remember, this happened just recently, a couple months ago, once the lawsuit was filed, Nintendo was like, hey, 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 calm down. If you bought a Joy-Con at any point in your life, in your current or past or future life, you can send it to us and we'll fix it free of charge. No problem. We'll pay shipping too. Because remember, they were fucking people and having them pay shipping to and from, and it was BS. So now they're fixing it, completely fixing it. And you know what? Hey, good on them. I think they should. If they have a, a problem with their hardware, they have uh, a defect, they should fix it. But I also feel like they should fix the uh, Switch uh, lights. Oh, my goodness. They probably already were produced uh, after the fact, and there's nothing that really can be done. You bet your ass that down the road, we're going to have new Joy-Cons, and we're going to have new Switch lights, like a Switch Lite Pro or something. I don't know. Or like a Joy-Con Pro. <laughs> I have no idea. Just making this up. But... I just hope they fix it uh, for future uh, on the hardware because they need to because it's definitely a problem. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to draw uh, attention to that is that the lawsuit did now include the Switch Lite as having issues. And, you know, people are upset because this is more of a stinger than it was with just the Joy-Cons. When your Joy-Con went bad, you would just pack up your Joy-Con, right, and send it out. You could still plug in a USB controller. You could use a, a Pro controller. You could use an 8-bit Do controller. You could use whatever. 
and still play your Switch. Now on the Switch Lite, guess what? You already know what I'm going to say. You got to send your whole console back. It's all one piece. So you don't even you don't even get your console. You can't even play it anymore. So that's that's why people are really frustrated. It's like, why didn't they fix this shit? They released a new console. They didn't fix it. And I got to send the whole thing back. I mean, I can understand how they'd be upset. Wow, speaking of lawsuits, not that I want to make this about lawsuits all day long, but man, there's a couple that have popped up. That one and this one is fucking hilarious, though. This one is so funny. Epic Games. Epic is slapped with two lawsuits amongst probably hundreds. But this one really, really drew, drew my attention because Epic is facing a lawsuit uh, in Canada that is seeking a class action status. It's getting pretty, pretty large. Uh, the lawsuit alleges in part that Epic made Fortnite too addicting and its developers specifically targeted young children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lawsuit was filed by a Montreal uh, legal firm on behalf of parents of two minors ages 10 and 15. Documents in the lawsuit liken Fortnite to cocaine, saying that it's comparable to cocaine. <laughs> Parents are claiming that Fortnite releases the chemical dopamine in the brain, and then the kids become dependent on playing the game, looking for their dopamine fix. They have to play Fortnite in order to get it. That's what they're saying. That shit is crazy. Lawyers of the family even go as far to allege that Epic hired psychologists, psychologist. Oh my God, I can't even fucking say it. <laughs> what? Psycho. No, it's psychologists. Oh my God, I can't say it. Psychologists. Is it really just psychologists? That is a really weird way of saying it. P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-O-G-I-S-T-S. Psychologists? It is. They hired psychologists. Get over here. What is this? What does this say? Psychologists, psych, psych, psychologists, they're psychologists to study human behavior in gaming and find any possible shit. There's my keyboard. I can't see this. Where to go? Get away, keyboard. I'm trying to move around. I'm fired. Anyway, they're saying that they hired psychologists to study human behavior and then they were targeting children on this. Now, this is a really touchy subject because. For one, they're saying like they're targeting minors and children. And this is like that, like that's a serious thing because we have this huge problem with like, you know, predators. And uh, honestly, it's really, really scary out there. And I don't want to make jokes or light about any of that. However, when a parent says that they think that Epic made the game too fun and too popular and that they're targeting kids. They're not targeting kids. They're targeting everyone. It's a fucking game. They want them to play their game. I mean, what? So they're saying they hired psych psychologists. I'm going to just say it. I'm going to say it wrong from now on. Psychologists. They hired psychologists to study human behavior in the gaming industry and then target those children because of it. Okay. Well, the same argument can be said about like loot boxes. Like, oh, it's gambling. Blah, blah, blah. And it is, you know, like, but dude. They didn't, I don't think they're out there like targeting children. Maybe they are. I don't know. What do I know? Um, so after the parents contacted the law firm in Canada, um, they dug a little deeper into this matter and they found, and they said, quote, that the lawyers 
Uh, where was that? Dug into it deeper and realized there was a strong case, they said, quote, unquote. AKA, we found out that there's free money here for us. <laughs> oh, my God. The legal team was contacted by the parents, interested in suing Epic Games for producing the addictive game. Um, they're also asking other parents who are concerned about their children's dispense on the game to please come forward and be heard. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, if this is really the case, um, yeah, I think uh, like id software and, you know, 3d realms and all these other, uh, great developers should be uh, sued and put in the ground because, uh, we were addicted to their games before the beginning of time and we're totally fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I think that's kind of crazy. What a lawsuit though, right? What do you guys think about that? I mean, I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to deny that they, can I say that they target children? I can't deny the fact that they put in like the stupid dances and maybe the, the pop culture skins or, you know, they follow, they follow trends that are popular in maybe the younger uh, gaming community. You know, like, I'm not going to deny that they do that. They have to do that. Everyone has to do that. If you have a game that's targeted, <sighs> Ooh, that's so tough to talk about because I can't, I can't confirm or deny that they target children, but they're targeting everyone. They want everyone to play their game, but just because it's the majority of uh, younger kids playing the game. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's real. Honestly, what do you guys think? Like, let's talk about it in discord. I would be really interested to see what you guys think about that. Because it's like, you can't say like, Oh, they don't target children. Well, of course they do. They target everyone. So everyone falls into this category. But the whole like, oh, it releases dopamine. Oh, like, yeah, no shit. Like when I play a game, I'm fucking hyped. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm probably having the same endorphins going on. Like, yeah, okay. But that's such a weird argument. I can't get over it. All right, moving on. Um, Sean Layden departs from Sony Game Studios. Wow, this came out of left field. Uh, Sony has announced that Sean Layden, chairman of Sony Worldwide Game Studios, and a mainstay of Sony's E3 press conferences departs altogether. There was no reason giving. Uh, there was no reason given, and a successor has not been announced yet. So people are, of course, speculating. I'm not going to go down that road and speculate. However, um, some information about Layden. Layden has been with the company since 1987, serving roles as Vice President Europe, President of Sony Computer Entertainment Japan, and some others. Back in 2018, Sony consolidated their worldwide PlayStation divisions into one single unit. So Layden at that point was no longer president of Sony Interactive. Sony said that Layden would then focus his efforts on the uh, game studios department division, which he'd been doing since 2018. And uh, here we are just a year later with him uh, splitting. They didn't say that he resigned. They didn't say he retired. They didn't say he would let go. They didn't give any details. So of course people are speculating. Honestly, folks, like if you look at this 1987 dude's been there since 87. I don't think we should look too far into it. This is a good old fashioned retirement. That's what I think anyway. Good old-fashioned retirement. Um, some news on GOG. GOG released a game that I think everyone should pay attention to and go check out. Good old, our good old friends at good old games. GOG.com brings 13. Yes, the game is called 13. 
It is by Ubisoft, and it was released back in 2003. This is a cel-shaded, first-person, comic book-style, story-driven shooter. Yeah, if you like that. Huh, huh, you like that. Um, cel-shaded graphics not seen in many games. Now, Capcom did do some cel-shading uh, before. We have seen that. Uh, Auto Monalista and a few others. Great, great games. However, we have not really seen cel-shading graphics in a shooter so this is a very unique game, a very great looking game, and it's single player, it's story driven. So you really should give it a shot. Go and go and check it out. It has a comic book style to it. Like when you shoot and you hit enemies, it's like boom, bam, boom. Like it has like the comic book words that pop out. It's very, very cool. And honestly, we should support our friends at Good Old Games for making this function. Again, this was a game back in 2003. It was for Windows XP. It's very difficult to get running a modern operating system. So the fact that it is here, it is working. This is great. They should be supported. So yeah, um, I, I honestly, I, I bought it. It's six bucks. It was $5.99 worth every penny. You should go pick it up. Um, playing, I played like the first like 10 minutes of it just to make sure that it worked. Everything was good. And yeah, the field of view is a little narrow. Don't really like that. Of course, that's me being picky. But the game is a little stiff. Um, the shooting is a little rigid. Uh, the the you know there's not a whole lot of like physics or sway. It it feels kind of stiff. But that's kind of typical for a game in 2003. But it still should be played. Still should be uh, purchased. And you really should go take a look at it. The game's called Thirteen. Go look it up on GOG. Good old friends at Good Old Games. Uh, PlayStation now introduces new monthly pricing on their PS Now service. Yeah, did you guys hear about this? Something new's going on. Uh, news of this was released on the PlayStation blog by Grace. Is it great? Grace Chen, Vice President of PlayStation Network. Uh, starting today, PS Now service will be offered at a more compelling and competitive price compared to other entertainment streaming services. This is great news if you're a PlayStation uh, lover here. In the United States, it is $10 a month, $25, or $25 quarterly, or $60 a year for the service. What was uh, Xbox Live? It used to be like $50 or $60, right? And that was just for online service. Crazy. Gaming, uh, cloud gaming is definitely uh, coming out, and the prices are kind of competitive. I mean, to be honest, this makes a lot of sense. Listen to this. Uh, Chen goes on to say, we currently have the largest game library of any console game subscription service with over 800 games available. And today we're introducing more. Listen to these heavy hitters they're introducing. And they were available that day of the announcement, which was last week. God of War, Grand Theft Auto V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4 are available. You can play all those games right now. Wow. Wow. It's pretty good. Not gonna lie. PlayStation Now is looking pretty good. Cloud gaming. Here we go. Are you into that? Are you going to do that? Are you a PlayStation Now subscriber already? Does this impact you? Are you excited? They say that if you're a current subscriber, the change in the pricing will take effect on your following bill. I feel like a customer service representative from Sony. Uh, yes, the changes will take effect on your next billing cycle. <laughs> So very, very cool stuff right there. Uh, speaking of PlayStation 4 uh, and old cod, old fish and chips, having a little seafood, 
crossplay for Call of Duty for COD Modern Warfare. It's fully working on PS4 and PC. I was actually a part of this. I played the Call of Duty beta and it's very, very cool to see other players in there. It has a little icon next to their name in the lobby of like who has a PlayStation, who has an Xbox controller, who's on PC. You can kind of see all that. And they were saying that it was a success. Like it worked. Everything was great. The crossplay was functional and people were happy. Now, I also was happy. I thought it worked great. I had a good time in there and I'm definitely interested in picking up this game when it's released. Um, I think having crossplay is good if it is done right and it does not match up people who have different input, which it doesn't. So if you are a PlayStation, if you how about this? If you're a console, because if you're on Xbox or PlayStation, it will cross-play and match you guys up together, which is great. If you are a PC player, it will only match you up with other PC players. Now, there's a caveat to this. For instance, let's say I'm playing it on PC. And let's just say my friend Brandon is playing it on PS4. And I invite him to play with me. He can join me in my party and we can go in and play. He just has to understand that he's going to be going up against people that are on PC. All right. So if any PC player invites a console player in, you guys can still play. But again, you have to keep that in mind. So uh, that may not be may not work out the best for you unless you're just a badass, which a lot of you are. So you may be able to fucking scrub up on some PC players, which I encourage. Should be a lot of fun. But yeah, I loved it. I think this is going to help for longevity. I think, I mean, Call of Duty has always been multiplayer focused. Um Definitely always multiplayer focused. It's very popular in the MP community. And I think that having crossplay, especially for between console players, dude, that's going to open the door up and really keep longevity for years down the road. I think that's a great, great thing. I really like it. I think it's great. I feel like it should have been implemented years ago. Years. I remember always playing like, you remember when we were on 360, we were playing I'm like, man, I really wish, really wish we could play with like PS3 people or, you know, do other things. We've been saying it for years. So this is really, really cool. I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, What's up with Magic the Gathering? There is something going on there. They have a collaboration with Hasbro. They're doing My Little Pony. My Little Pony and Magic the Gathering and a collaboration are becoming one for a limited time. Wizards of the Coast revealed a new collaboration for longtime collectible card game Magic the Gathering with My Little Pony. The cards are going to be available from October 22nd through November 5th. You'll be able to pick them up on Hasbro's website and a percentage of the sales are going to extra life children's charity, which is great. They're a great charity. I've supported them before and uh, several of my businesses. They're fantastic. Um, The new my little pony themed magic, the gathering gear, which naturally has been dubbed ponies, the galloping, (laughs) will be available in two bundles. There's a set of three cards costing 50 bucks and 30 bucks of that goes to charity. It's great. You can also pick up another bundle. They have it's $100. It includes, uh, it's a play mat bundle, a hundred of it, a hundred dollars, 80 of it goes to charity includes three mats, two single sided, one double sided. And for those who play digitally between October 28th and November 2nd, the cards will also be for sale and Magic the Gathering Arena. I have some screenshots to show you guys what they look like. If I can get that. Oh, you son of a. Here we go. Look at that. 
Not gonna lie, it looked really cool. Let's see if I can zoom in on it a little bit here. Let's see some of that. Magic the Gathering, little My Little Pony. That's gonna make all the bronies real happy. Very cool. Yeah, I think it's great. And it's also great that they're giving to charity. I think that's fantastic. Good on them. They're giving a lot to charity, too. It's it's a pretty big split. Very nice. Very nice. <clears throat> and uh, as we round out our gaming news, the biggest, probably the biggest uh, news drop that we have uh, this week is Red Dead Redemption 2 coming to PC. Yes, finally they announced it. Give it up. Ram Ranch intensifies. Yeah, the old Ram Rancher. That's right. Just ready to please. On my knees. Yeah, very cool. Oh, thanks, Narkill. Thanks, Nargrill, for posting this in Discord as well, letting everyone know about it uh, as a reminder. So Rockstar finally confirmed the news for all the PC cowboys out there. <laughs> uh, it's becoming to PC. But the studio did comment... And uh, they, they did say a release of November 5th, okay? Uh, with special bonuses available to players who pre-purchase through the Rockstar Games launcher starting October 9th, right around the corner. During the week this podcast is out, you guys can go get it. Go pre-order it. Uh, the, P the PC version will, according to Rockstar, feature visual and technical improvements, as well as a bunch of new bounties, gang hideouts, and weapons. So a bunch of additional content for PC players. In addition to the Rockstar Games launcher, which I hate to say it, but everyone is saying it fucking sucks and doesn't launch Grand Theft Auto for some reason, but they'll figure it out. Um, addition to the Rockstar Games launcher, Red Dead Redemption 2 will also be available on Epic Store, Green Man Gaming, and the Humble Store with pre-orders for those versions available October 23rd. There's one bit of surprising news to this, though. The Steam version will not be available until sometime in December. No date mentioned. Ladies and gentlemen, that was gaming news. Yeah. Picking them up, laying them down. We're gonna, we have a, a little bit of tech stuff here, a few tech things. Uh, you guys remember, like, a couple months ago, I reported on... Um, it was back in the summer... And we were talking about uh, DEF CON, D-E-F, DEF CON. That is the hacking convention in Las Vegas. That's the one that I tell all the hackers to go to. Like, if you're going to hack shit, just go to DEF CON and make some money and put your services to good use. Um, at DEF CON, there was a vendor there who was talking about uh, a lightning cable that he had made that allows a user to basically take control of a PC and, in theory, hack it. Uh, which is very scary, very, very scary. Well, there was an article that was posted just recently talking about that person who, at the time, handmade every lightning cable for the iPhone, has now looked at the potential, and given that there is potential for them to be mass-produced and outsourced by a company, it says, just a company. He doesn't go into details. Uh, but the security, I wrote a bunch of stuff for this. The security researcher behind the recently developed tool announced that the cable has been successfully made in a factory by a company. Uh, MG is the creator of the OMG cable. That's a term you're going to want to remember, OMG cable. Uh, it charges phones and transfers data in the same way Apple cable does, but it also contains a wireless hotspot that a hacker can connect to. Once they've done that, a hacker can run commands 
to the computer that they've connected to and rummage through victims' files, take control of computers, delete stuff, do whatever the hell they damn well please. This is really, really scary. The scary part about it is that the cable looks identical to an Apple cable. Identical. There's like no difference at all. It's very, very scary. So the guy who uh, the guy who created this cable says like, hey, I'm not mass producing these. I'm still making them by hand, but here's one that I had mass produced and he had it and he showed it. So like the potential is there and that's really, really scary. So now there are sites out there that sell like hack uh, hacker stuff like this and they're going to be selling it like they're going to be floating around. So I honestly, I feel like this is, this is a really scary time, man. Like, oh man, I don't know. Uh, Apple did note they did uh, Apple spokesperson pointed to the first sentence in their identity counterfeit or uncertified lightning connector accessories. That is a real department that they have on their site, on their support page. The sentence reads, Apple recommends using only accessories that Apple has certified and that come with the MFI badge. The MFI badge on the items packaging shows the cable has been certified by Apple. So I guess the only way really to tell is if it has an MFI uh, badge on it. Let me see. I mean, I got one in my iPad here. I don't know. Where is the MFI? I got my cables all tied up here on the iPad. I don't want to undo it. I'm sure it does. This is an Apple cable. Is it? I hope it is. <laughs> so you got to be scared. You got you to be uh, careful, man. It's kind of scary. Kind of scary. Um, I think we all knew this day was coming. Um, it's a sad day. I don't like any retail store to go under. We see a lot of this and we just heard Bed Bath & Beyond. I didn't even put it in here, but I read that today too. Bed Bath & Beyond is closing a whole bunch of stores. But uh, Fry's Electronics, we all know and we all love Fry's Electronics. I think they are right now inching closer and closer to the grave. Uh, Steph and I saw this again. We've been following Fry's for a while and we go there from time to time. We're weird and I like that we're weird. When we go on dates, we don't go to like a fancy restaurant or we don't go somewhere super expensive or go blow a bunch of money somewhere to like do that. We go to Fry's Electronics. We go to Target and we just walk around and check out the toys and electronics. And we just go, we just go fuck around. And it's tons of fun. And we love that. We used to do that to Toys R Us before they closed up. Um, so we go out to Fry's maybe once every couple months. We, we go through there. And we noticed last time, that the shelves were very, very bare and even more so now. Um, I didn't put any pictures from this article, but there were a bunch of like whole rows of electronics just gone. Nothing there. Now, this is really, really scary and sad because the fact is they are not restocking what they sell. Um, they are not saying like, we're having a closeout blowout sale. They're trying to liquidate quietly is what I call it. Just the quiet liquidation where they're not actually making things on sale. They're just, when they sell it, they do not reorder it. And I, I know this because I've worked retail before. In fact, I worked, I worked for a music store that had a husband and wife um, team who owned it. And they, of course, divorced. And when they divorced, they then had to liquidate and move on from the business because they couldn't figure out who was going to own it. No one, of course, they were fighting. It was bullshit. So... When that happened, we were doing a quiet liquidation as well. We weren't saying that we're going out of business, even though we were. We weren't saying that we were going out of business. We were just selling the items. And every time we sold the item, we did not 
reorder it. We didn't restock it. And until the shelves become empty and then people start being like, what the fuck's going on in here? You don't have any, uh, you don't have any, uh, product here. And then it's like, yeah, we're closing by the way. And it's going to, we're going to be closing like next month. <laughs> so all I'm saying is expect, unfortunately expect the bad news from Fry's electronics very, very soon. I feel like they're going to announce they're closing their stores and they're going to go under. And it's really, really sad. <sighs> yeah, I feel bad. I love fries. They used to be incredible universe. I have great memories with incredible universe. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk about that in a, uh, Heine house after party. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll put that into my notes for, for an episode. It'd be fun to talk about my memories with uh, fries, electronics and incredible universe when we were kids and the computers we bought. Yeah, that's a great episode. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Be a lot of fun. Uh, I guess that's a great time to plug it too. Um, I do uh, a separate show for Patreon, uh, exclusive, uh, supporters, and on patreon.com slash Jason Heine, of course. Uh, I call it the Heine House After Party. And it's just like this. I just talk. Uh, I go into depth and talk about either stories or I talk about um, events. Or I just I just go on more of a personal level and talk about something that I can't invest the time in here on this show. Uh, like if I want to talk about a half hour of like my fries memories, I'm going to do it there. I'm not going to do it right here. I'm going to do it on that show. So if you do... Uh, uh, support on Patreon at the $5 or more a month pledge. You can get in on that. So check it out. I would love to have you. We've, we've done one already. I talked about my eBay episode. It was like an hour and 45 minutes went way longer than I thought. But again, I don't care. I'm there doing it for you guys. I love to do it. And uh, yeah, it was great. Everyone really loved it. It was a success and it feels good to give something extra to the supporters of Patreon as well. I always in encourage that. I believe you guys deserve it. Um, okay. Last little bit of news here on the tech side, 19-year-old gamer. His name is Ryan Edgar. Uh, he got Doom to run on a McDonald's cash register. What? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, so evidently this, this kid, he's 19. He uh, was able to keep an old cash register for McDonald's while they were upgrading. So they upgraded their registers. The McDonald's said, yeah, you can have one of these registers, whatever. Um, which that's crazy to me. I can't, I don't know how he somehow weaseled his way to get one. Uh, I took the register home, realized that they're running windows XP and after doing a little bit of trickery on in there, installing Z doom on a USB stick and plugging in a keyboard mouse with a few adapters was able to get doom, the original port of doom running on this cash register. <laughs> so funny. I love it. Uh, he calls it doom XP. Although this is my take, I think he missed a huge opportunity to not call it Doom XP because we've already we already have X, Doom on XP. I would have called it Mick Doom. Mick Doom. Come on. I have some screenshots here. Here's a register. Look at that. So there it is. And then here's a picture of him. With the register running, it's a touchscreen too. So I wonder if uh, I wonder if you can use your your finger to move around. I doubt it, because I think it's just. You, oh, I don't know, because those registers emulate your finger as like the mouse, the pointer, right? And you click it, the mouse pointer comes in. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. That'd be interesting to know. McDoom. <laughs> good shit. It's good shit. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, 
It is now time to hop over. Oh, where did it go? It's time to hop over to the Heine House hotline. Why? Because I have a few voicemails that came through. Thank you. I appreciate you all for uh, throwing down. I was starting to feel kind of lonely, like no one cared. No one wanted to talk to me. Trying to have it be fun and engaging for you guys. Uh, Trying to make it easier for you to reach out, you know, and if you want to talk, you can go to Discord. You can go to my website and contact. You can go uh, to the Heine House hotline and send me a voicemail like, I want to make it easy and fun for you guys to engage because this is the whole world we live in together. We are here today. We don't have any guarantees that we'll be here tomorrow. Let's engage. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy it while we're here. Seriously, that's some real talk. It's some real shit. Let's just have fun. So I appreciate you guys for taking part. It means so much to me. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. You can call it on your, your Google line, your cell phone, whatever. It just rings right to my voicemail. You don't even have to talk to me. You know, you don't have to talk to me. I always make a joke about this. You don't have to talk to me. Just leave me a voicemail. Could be a lot of fun. 503-908-5490. Let me pull up my email because we have two. Uh, One is more or less a comment. And then I have another one from my good friend, Percy Havoc. Good friend and supporter there. Uh, let's go ahead and jump. Okay. This one's great. I love this. I, I honestly love this. It laughs. I laugh so much. Listen to this kid. Mad love. Um, can you do more drifting videos, please? Uh, I watched your, uh, videos since, I don't know, two years ago, four years ago. And I like it. I like it. Do more drifting videos with your, with your wife and more, uh, Gaming videos with your uh, wife, too. Thank you. Have a good one. I love your show, bro. So cute. I love it. I love your videos. Oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Listen to that kid. So great. He wants me to do more thrifting videos and more gaming videos. You got it, bud. You got it. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you need to go to my YouTube channel because I have just uploaded a new thrifting video. Um, and again, there's another shout out. If you do join Patreon, that's another perk that you get. You get a whole week access, early access, a whole week long early access to all of the Thrifton episodes that we do, all the new episodes. So as of recording this, the new Thrifton episode has already been out for a week and everyone who is a Patreon supporter at $5 or more a month have already been enjoying it. So get in there, support. I want to give you some extra stuff. So it is there, but it is going to be released uh, in a two day, uh, no tomorrow, it's going to be released tomorrow to the public. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great laugh with it. We love making them more on the way. And yes, more gaming with, uh, <laughs> I love, he calls her my wife. It's so cute. Yes. More with Stephanie. In fact, Stephanie is going to be streaming on Twitch tonight. She's going to be doing darkest dungeon. So she's wanting to step up and do some streaming herself. We're all going to be in there hanging out. I'll be on comms, but she's going to be playing. She'll be on cam. She'll be doing all that fun stuff. We're all there. We're a family. This is a lot of fun. So come on by, take part, and enjoy the the shows that uh, we have going on. All right. Uh, let's see. I've got a. I've got another one. Right here. Let's play it. There we go. Play. Hey, Jason. Percy Havoc here. My question is sort of a mix of philosophical and practical. As a fellow creative with a day job, I wonder how you cope with the frustration that scenario can often bring. 
On a philosophical level, it's hard when the work you get paid for is not the work you want to be known for. There's that sort of identity crisis when someone asks me what I do for a living, and I have to choose between the boring answer of what pays the bills versus the more interesting answer of my various creative endeavors, which only pay a fraction of the bills at best. But it's like, that's what I identify with, that's what I'm most passionate about, and it's what I spend most of my time working on. And speaking of time, the practical part of my question is, how do you strike a balance between your art and the rest of your life? In my case, I tend to get so obsessed with my creative projects that I neglect basically everything else except my day job and my relationship. Do you also have that internal voice telling you that you've got to push yourself if you want to bring your projects to life, or have you found a healthy balance? Anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks. Wow, Percy, my man. Round of applause. What a question. What a question. Oh, my God. And I'll be honest with you, Percy. I could literally spend like at least a half hour talking about so many things related to this. This is something that I'm just backing this up. I'm actually going to play your question and pause it throughout because you, you, you asked a lot of really great things in there and I want to make sure I hit them all. Um, you talked about a lot of amazing things that I think all artists for the most part deal with, especially artists who, who do more than just one thing. Like if, if all I did was one thing, I could identify with that one thing and just call myself this, you know, like if I illustrate, I'm just an illustrator then I'm a, I'm a visual artist, you know, you can identify with that one thing. Something that I've always struggled with was just what you said, man, identifying with who I am, what I do, and what do I say to people to best represent that? Uh, in my, in my very early on, in my very early on days, I struggle with this. People would say, well, like, you know, because they they'll, they'll see me doing this or doing that, and they're like, "Well, you know, what do you, what do you do? What what's going on?" And I would be like, "Well, uh, I'm a drummer." Like, "Oh no, yeah, yeah, I'm a drummer, but no, no, I also, but I also recorded the whole band and I, I produced the whole band. So I, I'm a producer." Like, "Well, no, but I'm I actually I'm more than that. I, I like I'm on stage and I'm performing. I'm I'm a performer now. No, like shit, no, like oh, but I also have I I, I do the artwork and I do so it's." It's a really, it's a big struggle. And I, I fought with this as well. And it wasn't until I rebranded my business in 2014, if you can imagine, years, years and years later, where I actually figured out kind of what best represents me. And I, I'm, t now you're at, cause you are asking about, about me, but this is hopefully when I talk about this stuff, you guys can implement this into your own way. And hopefully this has a spark and generate some sort of uh, interest in, into your own lives of how you want to go about um, identifying and, and moving forward with this. But I realized that as an entertainer, I feel like an entertainer, uh, a creative or a content entertainer best fits what I do because what am I doing all the time? Whether I'm performing, whether I'm creating, whether I'm podcasting, you know, whether I'm live streaming, you know, whether I'm doing this or doing that, I am entertaining people. I love to entertain. So I feel like that best represents me. So when people ask, Usually the conversation goes, what do you do? And I'll put entertainer. I'm an entertainer. And then that should open the door and at least spark interest in like, oh, then here's the next question. I get this a lot. Well, what kind of entertainment do you do? Then the floodgates open because basically people, people will ask and then that allows you the opportunity to then go in and elaborate and get a little deeper. I actually feel that I hate meeting like new people. Well, I don't hate it. Hate's a very strong word, but 
sometimes I feel like I'm very awkward when I meet new people, even though I'm very approachable. I talk to new people. Like if I've just met you, I'll talk to you like we're best friends. Like I'm comfortable doing that. I'm not, I don't feel weird about that. However, you know, those people that you meet and they just talk about like all the shit that they do. And you're like, there's no fucking way this person is doing all the shit that they say they do. Like no way, just no way. I feel like I'm that guy when I talk to other people or when I introduce myself. So like I, I catch myself, you know, they're like, Oh, uh, you know, I make, I make YouTube videos. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly. I'm on YouTube too. I've, I've been on YouTube and for about 10 years, it's been great. You know, I've, I've got a modest subscriber following and I love, I do this video. I do thrifting. I do podcasts. I do game reviews. I do tech reviews. And they're like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you for real? You're full of shit. Cause no one, nobody that I know is fucking doing all right. So you almost have like, that's why I try to remain like calm and quiet a lot of time. I won't like jump in and just be like, yeah, I'm doing this. It's like, cause I sound like I'm full of shit and who, who nobody wants to hear how great you are. Okay. That's just the reality of it. You may be great and you are great, but honestly, the whole world for the most part, they deep down don't really want to hear how great you are all the time. So you have to kind of keep that in check. Um, well, that was a long winded thing. You had such a great question. I'm going to play some more of it. Cause I won't, I'm going off on side tangents here, Percy, but you had great questions here. Let me make hey, sure I hit them all. Percy Havoc here. My question is sort of a mix of philosophical and practical. As a fellow creative with a day job, I wonder how you cope with the frustration that scenario can often bring. On a philosophical level, it's hard when the work you get paid for is not the work you want to be known for. There's that sort of identity crisis when someone asks me what I do for a living, and I have to choose between the boring answer of what pays the bills versus the more interesting answer of my various creative endeavors, which only pay a fraction of the bills at best. Yes, exactly. And that is kind of what I'm getting back to is like, Yes. The boring nine to five, they exist. Absolutely. It's here. It sucks. And that's what we have to do. But let your content, let your entertainment, let it take more of a center stage. Let it be more of the focus. Just because you go off and you do this other shit doesn't mean you need to be known for that. I've always fought so, so hard to have my entertainment and have my business and have have what my creative side is be center stage. Even if it doesn't grow at the level I want it to, even if I don't hit my targets, even if I don't have the the massive following or fan base, I have a small group of people that I love and appreciate. And that's all I want. That's all that matters. I don't want 2 billion subscribers and all this crazy stuff. I want a very small group of people that I can contain and hang out with and talk to. That, that's really important to me. So, um, yeah, that's such a great question to identify, identify more with your entertainment. You go right ahead and you do that. You know, you can say, yeah, you know, I do this, uh, on my, my day job during the day. Here's a good one during the day. I do this, but then all the other hours of the, of the day and night, I'm an entertainer and this is what I do and push it, man, push it. You really should. You really should. And just continue to do it because you love it. I know we've been saying this from the beginning of time on YouTube. Do it because you love it, because you appreciate it. But honestly, keep pushing. Keep doing it. Because honestly, why? I mean, why do it? Why do it? I do it because I love it. You do it because you love it. I'm going to continue on your question and make sure I got everything here. Oh, shit. Where's the thing here? 
But it's like, that's what I identify with. That's what I'm most passionate about. And it's what I spend most of my time working on. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of time, the practical part of my question is, how do you strike a balance between your art and the rest of your life? Okay, I'm pausing it right there. It is extremely difficult to do. And I struggle with it all the time. Uh, especially with my shitty ass nine to five work schedule. I work graveyards and I work 10 hours and with traffic, it ends up being 12 hours every day. Um, I'm on four tens, which is nice. That's helpful. It gives me an extra day off, but it's still shitty. It's 12 hour days and I am beat tired by the time I get home. I leave at 9 PM and I get home at 10 AM and it is terrible. So how do I balance that? I get my ass to bed right away and I sleep, I wake up and then I'm producing, I'm creating and I'm trying to time management everything I can. It's very difficult because I want to make sure I have enough time to do the podcast and also not spread myself too thin in other areas. And to be honest, sometimes I just spread myself too thin and I can't do it. Like I'll do a podcast. I can't do a thrifting every day, sometimes every month. We try to do it once a month and that's even difficult sometimes, you know, so how do you manage it? Honestly, you have to start picking and choosing what you really want to do and what's really important and do those only. And it's okay to say no. I learned this I learned this the hard way and it took me a long time to learn this. Is saying no is okay. And sometimes it's best for you to say no to things. Don't do this extra shit. Don't go out and do all that extra stuff or just say no. If somebody needs this or that, or you or asks you to do this or, you know, Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you go? No, I can't. Cause I don't have enough time myself and I'm trying to time manage my life, my work and my entertainment work balance here. And it's a very tight schedule. I got friends that get pissed at me sometimes because they're like, Hey man, you know, I'd like to play, I'd like to play some games with you. It's like, I haven't been online in two weeks, bro. You know why? It's not because I choose to. It's not because I, I don't want to. It's because I literally don't have any time with my work schedule and my sleep schedule and my eat schedule, the things I have to do, you know, and make it work. And so that is why I've been fighting from the beginning of time to do this entertainment. Like if I can get this to a point to where I can make as much as my day to day, I'll just quit my day to day and I'll do this full time. Like that's always been the plan. That's all I've ever wanted to do. So that's why I encourage people to, to reach out, to engage, to become part of the family, to, to jump in this ring with me. Like we are better, stronger together. We are better as a unit. This isn't a solo show. This is all of us together. Percy, he's got, he, he does live streams. He's got entertainment he's doing and content. I see his posts on Instagram. I try to like him every time I see him. It's like, I know you're grinding, bro. I know you're out there doing stuff. You're putting in work. And honestly, come through, you know, come through and, 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 you know, share that, like, let us know, like, let's talk about it. And it's really exciting, man. It's exciting to see all of us uh, come together and try to create. But I mean, I don't know. I'm totally long winded on this, but man, your question really struck a nerve. I could talk a long time about this and maybe, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go a deeper into it on another, uh, maybe an after party or something get so obsessed with my creative projects that I neglect basically everything else except my day job and my relationship. Yes, you have to do that. You're absolutely right. You have, oh shit, you already answered it. I already gave you advice, but you answered it. Yes, neglect it. Say no to things. Obsess over your content. Obsess over it. That is how you get the stuff done. Do you also have that internal voice telling you that you got to push yourself if you want to bring your projects to life? Yes. Or have you found a healthy balance? Anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks.
Yes, I have. I do have that internal voice and not always is my internal voice right. I mean, sometimes I, I come up with concepts and do things and not, they don't always come through. They don't always work right. Or they don't always, you know, um, they're not always as exciting as I feel like they are. So yeah, but that's okay because you're trying and you're, if you're trying, you're either failing or, or you're succeeding. If you're succeeding, then you're great. If you're failing, that's great. Cause then you're learning super important. Percy Havoc, my man right there. Absolutely fantastic question. Absolutely loved it. You have some questions that are uh, something burning on your mind like that, something you want to talk about. Um, not that I'm the best for giving any advice. I am not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not any of that. But I have seen a lot. I've lived through a lot. And I've been in this um, kind of independent entertainment for a long time. And I've really pushed down the walls. And I've built some really, really great mainstays, I feel. And I've been a contributor to the gaming community very early on. And I feel like I have some stuff to say about it. And I would love to share stuff and help you grow. Again, look at me. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, you know? I mean, when it comes to Wendy's, I'll eat. I'll become a fat ass, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but I would love to help you grow. And if you have anything on your mind, anything burning like that, just hit me up. I'd love to talk. Uh, I'll give you the phone number again. 503-908-5490. How about that? Speaking of community, we're going to wrap up the podcast with the community event in Discord. This happens every two weeks. We post a community event. I give you a hashtag. You post a picture with a story. It's that simple. It's a lot of fun. How you interpret it is however you interpret it. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. Uh, for the last two weeks, we have been using hashtag autumn because fall and autumn is among us. Halloween is almost here. The holidays are right around the corner. The leaves are changing. The weather gets colder. I love it. One of my favorite times is right now in the seasons when it changes. It's absolutely awesome. So the community event that we chose was hashtag autumn. And I had you all go into discord and post some pictures of either a game or maybe a memory or something that reminded you of autumn with an, with a story attached. We got a lot of great uh, contributions here. So thank you everyone for doing that. I'm just loading up my Discord on my iPad right now. If you want to take part in these uh, to join Discord, all you have to do is either one, look in the show notes, the link is down there, or two, just go to my website, heinyhouse.com, scroll to the very top of the page and on the left-hand top side, you'll see a Discord logo. Click it. That's it. I made it easy. And it launches. It opens up an app on your uh, tablet, your phone, your computer, whatever you're on, even Windows XP, I'm sure. So go ahead and scroll through there and then you can join in and uh, I'm going to pop open the, uh, I'm going to pop open the pictures here and we're going to start going. Boom. Here we go. Started off the red King in discord. Thank you so much. His autumn game, the last of us says he loves riding around the abandoned university level district orange autumn vibes. That's really, really cool. What a beautiful picture that is as well as you can see that the leaves are changing and the colors that is great. That is a game I have not played yet. The Red King. <laughs> Watch him. Player left. Doo -doo. <laughs> I have not played that yet, but man, it looks like a lot of fun. I know a lot of people are playing it. Uh, and I've got the PS4, so I need, to, I need to get in there and check it out. So very nice. He also says Horizon Zero Dawn is also a uh, an honorable mention in there. Thanks, Red King. Appreciate that. Of course, here's this here's this numb, numb nuts right here. This General Jason guy. Who is that? Uh, of course, I post animal droppings. Very, very good. 
Uh, that always reminds me of fall, just because the seasons change in Animal Crossing and the the fall leaves, the ground changes. It sometimes it snows and it's rainy and it gets windy and the leaves are blowing. It, it's honestly just it's perfect. It's like the perfect autumn game, and I just love it. Love it. Uh, the homie Andy, good to see you, Andy. Thanks for rolling through. He's got autumn game is Mirror's Edge for him, although maybe not looking in autumn. It shares an autumn memory. Came out during the fall season. In the game sense of running through a chill day while the wind blows through the, through you is a, a very, very surreal feeling. Yes, it is. Uh, the main theme of the song is also very somber. Yes, that has one of the best soundtracks. And he would know. He used to request uh, some uh, Mirror's Edge songs. I used to do my drum streams on Twitch. Very, very nice. Andy, thank you so much for sharing that. Love Mirror's Edge. What a great game. There's my post for the last week's podcast. Okay. And then the homie Ryan, Mr. Digital Rhino. Retrotainment has been killing it. As it is offering a complete package. New NES games. This is a fun side-scrolling beat-em-up. What is this? Haunted Halloween 85. Yes. And we actually were talking on a Discord earlier. And uh, I hadn't heard of this. I thought I had heard of this game. But I, I think I think it was a different game I was thinking of. So, yeah, this looks amazing. And look at that beautiful screenshot of that sunset. Yeah, that looks excellent. That definitely screams fall. Ryan, great choice right there. Really like that one. There's the homie Narkill. Hey, George. He says, uh, Autumn would be my favorite game, Skyrim. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, as long as you don't run up into the mountains and get hit by the abominable snowman, you're fucking great. If you do that, though... All, all shit, all, all hell's loose. Um, uh, this game came out right before uh, he had moved back to Michigan, and he had no internet for a while, so he played it for a very, very long time. Very, very cool right there. Thanks for sharing that memory there, George. Uh, Alice, right, coming through on Discord. Hey, good to see you, Alice. And also, Alice, you've been catching up on all the older podcast episodes, and you've been posting earlier about earlier episodes and, and following up. And I just want you to know, I appreciate all that. I see all that. I've been reading all that. Thank you. I really appreciate your time listening to the, to the back past episodes. Um, yeah. Look at all these Pokemon games though. Dude, you have such a cool collect dude. Where's Andy at this ought to trigger Andy. Andy loves Pokemon games, but to see all of these, I know Andy wants all this stuff. Pokemon trading card game. Oh my God. Game 3ds game boy color. What's this down here? Yeah, look at that. GB2, I don't even know what we're looking at. This is amazing. Oh, this was an angry game here. Yeah, angry game. Very, very cool. Some autumn games here as well. Always reminds me of this game, Oracle of Seasons. Nice. It features all the seasons, but always feels like a fall game to me for some reason. That's very great. See, that's the memory. That's all right. Totally cool. Very nice. And then, of course... Falls under, also falls under his happy game from the uh, week, two weeks, or four weeks ago. Yeah. Very nice. Alice, thank you for sharing. You have quite a nice collection of stuff. Does Andy comment on here? That's going to trigger him. <laughs> My man Glav. What up, Glav? Good to see you. Mario Kart Wii's Maple Treeway. Yes, this 100% is a fall feeling level. I love when you shoot out that barrel and you go through the leaves and you go right through the leaves and the leaves kind of scatter. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, fall, 100%. 100%. Great choice there. Also, some of that uh, Super Mario Kart honorable mention goes to Gravity Rush, he says. Color palette and general atmosphere. 
atmosphere feel very autumnal to me. I like that. Autumnal. Yeah, very nice. And I'm not sure why the picture isn't uh, posting. Oh, because it's a YouTube video. There is a Phantom Jest. Hey, Steph, thank you so much. First game she thought of was Harvest Moon 64. Music for the autumn season was her favorite. Sounds so happy and festive. Yep. Plus, one of her favorite festivals in the game would happen during autumn. The Harvest Fest. Yes. So awesome. So awesome. Very, very nice. Love that. Oh, there's Andy at the bottom there. Oh, he's triggered on the uh, Gravity Rush. Surprised he didn't post about all of the awesome Pokemon stuff. Yeah, excellent stuff right there. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for coming through and posting. Hashtag Autumn. Very, very lovely. Love it. Love all of the great pictures and all the great memories. I figured for this, um, for this community event, we would switch it up a little bit because, well, here we are in October. And for the next two weeks, we're going to be hap- you know, having Halloween time. I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll just do the whole rest of the month, Halloween. I don't know. We'll see, because we have a lot to talk about and Halloween stuff. But I want to make that the hashtag. This is a big one. It really can be uh, spread out and uh, you know, interpreted however you want. So hashtag Halloween. Let's go. It's October. This is uh, October. We're October 6th right now. So yeah, man, let's go. Hashtag Halloween, maybe a, a Halloween game, maybe a horror game that stands out to you. Maybe it's uh, some of your favorite Halloween costumes, maybe a picture of you dressed up in some crazy, maybe uh, costumes, maybe a picture of me in my Spider-Man outfit again. You never know. You never know. I'm going to be Tom Nook this year, and uh, I'm excited because Steph's putting together my outfit. We found a red tie and a, and a white shirt, so really happy about that. Excited to uh, throw down on little Tom Crook. The old crooker, Tom, Tommy boy. So yeah, a lot of fun there. Hey folks, shout out once again, we, before we wrap things up and I play you an awesome song, shout out to all of the patrons here. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine is where you go and take part. I really appreciate your support there. It's the reason why I'm continuing to even do this. Honestly, if you guys weren't there, the show would not exist. It's that simple. Um, I would have to put my energy in other places. You guys make it possible. I love you. Thank you so, so much. Shout out to the Game Loft patrons. You guys get the verbal shout out on every episode. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Sam, Luke, and Ryan. Thank you all so much for your support. I'm going to uh, throw down, and I'm going to play a song. I've been playing a lot of my video game remixes recently. And uh, I'm going to play a different song. Uh, that's, I'm going to, let's see, where is it here? I'm going to throw it up here. It's on my band camp and it's called Shooting Star. And like a couple of years ago, I decided to do this all in like a weekend. I call, I called myself HQLP. It, those are terms that were used on cassettes. See a little cassette here, high quality and LP long play for like vinyl records or cassettes. It was, it's an old analog, analog term. But the funny thing about HQLP is that it's anything but. So the music is kind of low quality. It's kind of like vaporware, lo-fi. And then long play, they're not long at all. The songs are, well, this one's six minutes, but um, it's kind of like shortened versions of, like the album is kind of shorter versions. So it's really funny. It's kind of like I name myself this, but I'm doing the opposite just, just to fuck with people. It's just fun. Just something fun to do. But um, this is like vaporwave, chill, 
down tempo, lo-fi. If you're into those genres, this is some stuff that I uh, I did here. Basically, I just went back and looked through like old commercials. I found old music and commercials from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I found old like Weather Channel um, ads, like just all this weird old stuff. Took it, twisted it, fucked with it, cut it, moved it, chopped it. I added some drums. I added bass. I added whatever I felt. And I made some sort of type of vaporwave stuff. This one in particular, a very, very cool song that I call Shooting Star uh, from uh, my vaporwave stuff, HQLP. You can check this out on my Bandcamp page or on my website, heinyhouse.com. You guys are amazing. I love you a bunch. And I appreciate you spending your evening with me or your morning, whatever have you. And I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week, all right? Catch you later. Bye now.